Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic View Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and you can also visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at theorganicview.com. Today's show is sponsored by coronatools.com, the nation's leader in garden and landscaping tools. Listeners of The Organic View can receive 20% off their coronatools.com purchase by using the coupon code ORGVIEW. That's O-R-G-V-I-E-W. For more promotional offers, please visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. And don't forget to check out our contest section. On today's show, Tom and I are going to talk to commercial beekeeper Jim Doan about the new Bee Informed Partnership Survey. Jim, as some of you may recall, is a New York commercial migratory beekeeper who at one point managed about 5,300 hives. The first time Jim was actually on the neonicotinoid view was exactly four years ago when his operation, which was one of the first known beekeeping operations, succumbed to the exposure of neonicotinoids. So I'd like to welcome to the show my co-host, Colorado beekeeper, Mr. Tom Theobald. Hello, Tom. Hello, June. And our guest today, Mr. Jim Doan. Hello, Jim, and welcome back. Uh, hello, June, and thank you for having me back. Jim, can you take a moment and share with our listeners what's transpired since you were last on the show four years ago? Sure. We've been, uh, we've been playing with bees for the last few years, even though we didn't have a lot of bees. And um, slowly, uh, we've been able to start building back uh, a small bee operation. We have about uh, a thousand hives we're running at this time, um, but certainly not at, at the level that we were at. We're not doing the pollination that we were doing at one time, um, and, and and certainly don't have the uh, the amount of people working for us that we did at one time, and. Uh, you know, so we're we're doing well, but we're certainly not at the level that we would like to be, and and I don't think we can get at that level because uh, we continue to have issues out there in the field with our bees. I'd like to begin by discussing the actual survey. This is the 11th annual national survey of honeybee colony losses conducted by the Bee Informed Partnership in collaboration with the Apiary Inspectors of America. Basically, some of the highlights are for the 2016-2017 winter season, 4,963 beekeepers in the United States provided validated survey responses. I don't know what their criteria is, but this is exactly what they state. For the 2016-2017 winter season, 4,963 beekeepers in the United States provided validated survey responses. Collectively, these beekeepers managed 363,987 colonies in October of 2016, representing about 13% of the country's estimated 2.78 million managed honey-producing colonies. An estimated 21.1% of colonies managed in the United States were lost over the 2016-27 winter. This represents an improvement of 5.8 percentage points compared to the previous 2015-2016 winter and is below the 10-year average total winter loss rate of 28.4%. 
Beekeepers not only lose colonies in winter, and that consists of the months of October through March, but also throughout the summer in April through September. The 2016 summer colony loss rate was 18.1%. When all the survey results were combined, beekeepers lost 33.2% of their colonies between April 2016 and March 2017. And they say that this is the second lowest rate of annual colony loss recorded over the last seasons. This survey is very interesting because it represents just a very small fraction of commercial migratory, actually barely represents the commercial migratory beekeeping community. Once again, with this survey, industry's talking about it a lot, but we haven't really heard too much from the beekeeping community, which is quite surprising. One question that I have, and I want to address this to Jim. Jim, could you explain to our listeners, what are the stresses that impact honeybees? Sure, June. You know, we have issues with parasites. We have issues with, with mites. But I think the number one issue, and it continues to be, and it's not talked about by the Bee Farm Partnership at all, is the pesticide issue. And the pesticide issue is the base of why bee losses occur. You know, we may have losses that they say are raw or they are they say is nozema, but it's all based on the pesticide issue to start with. You know, if the pesticides weren't there, the other three or four things that are that are could happen to a beehive probably don't happen. But the with the pesticide issue being there, and, and it's always there now, uh, then you have to you have to look at that first because if if bees are exposed to pesticide, then varroa becomes into play, then uh, the parasites or, or the viruses come into play, uh, weather conditions come into play, but you eliminate pesticide from the picture. And the other three or four things that are out there that could happen to bees really become non-existent. And, and you know, when, when we look at the numbers, you know, it, prior to uh, the Munich, we did not have winter losses and summer losses that exceeded uh, 20 and 30 and 40 percent. Our losses were very minimal, 10 percent or less per year. And so all of this is been driven by the neonic chemicals that are uh, out there that are causing issues with bees. One of the things that strikes me about this report is the fact that you're talking about one-third losses. One-third of anyone's operation would be a cause for major concern, and it's almost as if this is just something that's now being accepted. What are your thoughts about that? I'd, I'd like to hear from both you and Tom. I think we have to look at what's behind the survey. Like many other people, I had a, a course in statistics in college. I also had a course in surveying, and I know enough to know what the standards are. And I really question what's going on here. This is a survey that's based on 13% of the colonies, and the population that they surveyed is 96% hobbyists, 2.5% sideliners, and 1.5% commercial beekeepers. And 
the the survey responses were voluntary. There was no random surveying done. And so it's on very shaky statistical grounds. And yet they've come out with a press release and they've made a fairly significant claim that this is the lowest overall losses, annual losses since 2010. Well, they're 33%. We don't know if that's high or low or right on the money. And yet they've come out with this survey to the public and it's being repeated without it being peer reviewed. What's the rush to get this out before the public, especially considering that it, it may not tell us what they'd like us to believe that it's telling us. And we have PhDs that are parroting these results. I'm really disappointed with the PhDs. You know, if they were defending their PhD thesis when they were candidates for a PhD with this kind of junk, they never would have gotten a PhD. But now that they have those letters after their name, they seem to think it's perfectly all right to suspend their critical judgment and and talk about this non-survey. Uh, it's uh, I, You have to wonder why they're doing what they're doing. That's an excellent point, Tom, because if you think about any other type of research, they are very thorough. And this, as you pointed out, it seems as though it's being pushed out. And why? Jim, what are your thoughts? Well, I know for a fact, like in New York State, the losses were greater than than 33% or, or, you know, whatever number they want to throw out there. You know, we, we, we have friends. I have a friend that lost 4,900 highs out of 5,000. Um, most of the hobbyists that I've spoken with have lost 90% or more. In, in New York State, um, I, I think that, you know, when you look at, you know, that's an average, that means there were a lot of people above that and a few people at, below that. That's not great. That means that there's a lot of people that are losing still a lot more bees than than they can afford to lose. And, and you get to a number where, and I found it myself, that you can't make back up. You know, if you lose... If you lose 30%, you're probably not going to make back that 30%. It's just not that you don't have uh, the bees to make them up with. And uh, that that's that's an economic number that it's just there. And beekeepers are, are losing this battle. There are people that are being successful on making up bees. But as a whole, the bee industry continues to, to decline because it's not economically sustainable the way we are going right now. I, I had a conversation just a few days ago with a commercial beekeeper that really illustrates what you're saying, Jim. He had 3,000 colonies of bees. He went into this decline that everybody does every year, and he began splitting his better colonies. He told me that he'd made enough splits that he should be up to 5,000, but Part of the problem that the beekeepers are having is that the splits aren't successful. We're seeing a lot of queen problems. The queens don't take. So where he thought he should, he, he'd made enough splits that he should be up to 2,000 or 
5,000, he actually was at 2,300. And that's exactly what you're talking about. We're commercially, we're doing the best we can to recover these losses, but it's a losing battle because we're losing them faster than we can replace them. We've been kind of forced into accepting that, well, 15% would be acceptable. In a smaller operation like mine, I would expect winter losses of 2 to 5% because I could give them much closer attention than if I had 5,000. Uh, in a bad year, I might have had a 10% loss, but that would have been a bad year. We've entered into a whole new realm of pesticides, and I don't think many people really grasp the enormity of this poisoning. Beekeepers have dealt with pesticides since the Second World War and even back to the turn of the last century with Paris green and some arsenic compounds. But this is not like anything we've ever dealt with before. This, these, for the lower level life forms, these neonicotinoids are thousands of times more toxic than anything that has ever been used in the past. They're water soluble. They last for years. There's no safe dose. This is a whole new realm, and we're experiencing a major cover-up. The EPA doesn't want the people to know this. The USDA doesn't want the people to know this. The chemical companies don't want the people to know this. This is a terrible situation. Jim, how does this survey make you feel, especially since this is they're claiming that this survey represents your business, your livelihood, your business that affects your family. Well, certainly, June, you know, I, I've always taken this thing with a grain of salt, that that the bee and farm really, the, the numbers that they come out with, the, when you're talking about third tier, you're trying to base, the whole bee industry on 13% is just ridiculous. What industry goes out there and surveys only 13% and says, oh, well, this is how, this is the rest of the, how the rest of the industry is. It doesn't represent the rest of the industry. You, you, you know, probably, uh, I know many beekeepers that don't even fill this out and, and don't participate. The other thing is, it's how the survey, like Tom says, is, is done. And, and I know for a fact, unless you ask for a pesticide uh, sampling uh, to be done in the operation and that you pay for it in most states, you aren't going to get one. So when you're only sampling for mites, you're only sampling for Nazima, then guess what? This is what you're going to find. You're going to find Nazima and Varroa. But, but uh, as a whole, the survey... It, 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 it is only a, a, a snapshot uh, of the, the bigger picture, and the bigger picture is we're losing bees, and and that's all this tells us is that we're losing bees at a number that is unsustainable. Jim, I'm curious, with a survey like this announcing basically to the world that the commercial migratory beekeepers are not having an issue, considering what commercial migratory beekeepers go through just to sustain their operations. How does this impact you financially? Take, for example, if you seek a loan in order to be able to buy more equipment, buy more bees, just to keep your head above water. Well, 
it's you know where the real impact is, June, is that like I've already I'm already hearing about the almond growers are going, oh well, if there's so many bees, then we don't need to pay as much because there's more competition out there. Also, I'm I'm hearing almond grower contracts are stating now instead of eight frames of bees, they want ten frames. And, and some of my friends are already going, oh, my gosh, we, we have a, a difficult time making eight normally. And now they think because, you know, there's all these extra bees out there, supposedly, why there's they can get better hives of bees delivered to them. And the reality is that's not true. I, I mean, we're still dealing with the same issues. It's just that now everyone thinks that, that things are better and they're not better. And you know, if things were better, we would see bigger honey crops. We there would be more honey available for sale. That's not the case. Uh, you know, as far as pollination goes, you, there are there are more bees in some areas, but overall, there's still not the bees available to do pollination uh, that that is wanted. There are many growers in California simply are not renting bees. Uh, so it, it, it's a false positive that there's a lot of extra bees around. It's simply some people give it up. Try, they can't afford to, to rent them because they've gotten too expensive. And, and they simply just say, you know what, I'll, I'll just do without bees. And, of course, we see the almond growers are, are trying to go to more self-pollinating uh, trees out there because uh, they, they're concerned that there's not going to be the availability of bees. And certainly there's not the availability of bees that there should be um, out there. So all those things economically impact. The other thing is that, that you know, of course, banks you know, of, uh, in the last few years have been very leery of, of wanting to lend money to beekeepers because uh, the economic picture is not very good. Obviously, bees can die very quickly, and they have been. And so... You know, the banks are, are very leery of lending anything for, for something that may die as quickly as bees have been in the last few years. And that certainly has impacted myself in, in you know, being able to get uh, loans and financial help that uh, we, we can use to operate with. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, I'm uh, listening to Jim as he talks, and uh, this is very concerning, obviously, it, Jim has been up and down several times, and I know the amount of work that's involved to recreate these operations. The beekeepers are on the downhill slide, and this Bee Informed Partnership survey is getting a lot of press, and it's being touted in many cases by PhDs who should know better. This is not... This doesn't tell us anything. This is conjecture and propaganda dressed up as science, and that's how it should be considered, and that's what we ought to be talking about. Not that it shows us that we've had the lowest annual losses since 2010, because it doesn't tell us that. We're not being served well by the people who supposedly are on our side. Well, I'd just like to thank Jim for keeping coming back. I He's the Rocky of beekeeping, and and I admire his pluck and his perseverance. I'm uh, I'm a little further out at the end of the bell curve, and uh, my operation is pretty much over.
I'm, they've done me in. So I hope Jim and some of the others can keep going. The bees are really just the indicator species. There are much more serious things going on here. Not that the bees aren't serious, but we need to take a close look at what's going on. As I said, this is a whole new realm of pesticides. This is pesticide poisoning far beyond anything we've ever confronted before as a society, and we need to start paying much closer attention to what these people are doing to us. Jim, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time. I know that you're always out in the field, and it's not that easy for you to take time away from your operation to talk about the things that you're experiencing, and I don't think a lot of people understand that. And it does make sense that many people who do what you do feel that these surveys are just kind of ridiculous because it, it doesn't support your industry. In fact, it works against you, and that's that's a shame. Well, thank you, June, for having me on again, and I appreciate the time that both of you uh, be a voice for the bees and the environment. It's very important what you both do. Thank you, Jim. And, folks, please check out the companion article, which will appear on theorganicview.com, which will feature some of the photos from Jim's beekeeping operation. Thank you for tuning in. This has been June Stoyer with the Organic View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon.